All right. All right, Soma, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. Make your way to your seats. Oh, man. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Hey, Soma, how are you doing tonight? Come on, get stoked. You guys, I am super pumped tonight. Um, so good. I am so stoked tonight. Um, first of all, if you're new, my name is Brandon. I am on staff here uh, at Rocky Peak with the college team. Uh, Waz is actually out on a missions trip uh, to Guatemala. So he is serving the Guatemalan population right now. So um, he asked me to step in and I could not be more excited because we are kicking off a brand new series and it's called The Hope. Uh, I think we have a graphic. There it is. Ba-boom. The Hope. I feel hopeful just looking at it. Um, so I'm pretty stoked that we're, we're talking about this because this series is specifically designed for what exactly it's saying is to give us hope. It's so we can walk out of here every Sunday night with some sense of hope, a deeper sense of hope, a renewed sense of hope. Whatever hope you need, our goal and our, our desire and our hope is that you would walk away with a deeper sense of it. Uh, so I'm stoked for that. I'm also super stoked because I'm teaching in one of my favorite chapters in Romans, Romans 8. I'm super pumped about that. I'm, I'm sure some of you are pumped about that. I'm also stoked because as I was sitting back there, I was overhearing Hojin praying. And if you haven't heard Hojin pray, it's the best because uh, he, he spits Korean fire. Okay, the dude prays in Korean and it just gets me pumped. It gets me excited. Um, he's a little embarrassed by that, but Hojin is the man. So that got me pumped. Uh, even just preparing today got me excited. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited about tonight's talk. Um, if you guys, as I'm talking tonight, if you're tracking, if you're feeling excited, if you're getting excited, I want you guys to be a little vocal about it. Don't be afraid. There we go. So if you're already, see, some of you guys are already pumped. Now, I just would ask that you wouldn't be too disruptive. Don't stand on your chair, flay your arms and make a weird sound um, because I'll lose my train of thought and then we won't get as excited. Um, So, uh, but I'm really pumped. I'm really excited, as I said. Um, And tonight, I really do want you to think of this as more of a pep talk. Okay, think of this as a pep talk. Um, when, when I was going uh, through this, um, through this, through these verses, I, I was, it was like I was getting a pep talk. I was just getting reminded about how good it is uh, with our life with Jesus. Um, so before we dig into that, before we get in, uh, I'm going to pray and then we will uh, just get started. So why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you, um, God, that you love us so much, that you've called us um, your children, that you have reconciled us to you. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that we, ha- we can find hope in you. I thank you that we can find hope in your truth. Spirit, would you speak through me? Spirit, would you speak to all of us tonight, Lord? Would I also be encouraged by what you're saying tonight, Lord? Um, God, we just give it all to you. We just ask that you would get the glory. And by the end of the night, that we would walk away just with a deeper sense of hope, a deeper sense of encouragement, Lord. Um, I pray for those in here who are just probably walking in from uh, just a tougher time in life. Um, that, that may be just kind of, maybe rough. They may feel a little distant from God. Jesus, would you speak to them tonight? Lord, I pray for those who are just already excited, who are just really uh, finding fruit in, in just their time with you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them as well. Lord, speak to all of us. Use this night tonight to just give you uh, glory. So we love you. We thank you. We pray this in your sweet and beautiful name. And everyone said nice and loud. Amen. Yes. Okay. So, um, we're starting this series again, as I said, in Romans chapter 8. Um, if, if the last two series were the meat and potatoes, this is like the dessert 
Or if you're not a dessert person, this is like seconds and thirds. Uh, so yeah, some of you guys are stoked about seconds and thirds. Uh, I'm really stoked for that coming this Thursday. Um, I'm going to be all over Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm actually uh, going to change it up a bit. We're going to look at Romans 8, then I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then we'll talk more about it. Um, but I'm going to change it up. I'm not going to read Romans 8. I'm going to have somebody in the audience read it. Um, it's not randomly selected. I actually just pre-selected Matt uh, because he's got the gift of vocals um, and projection. Vocal projection is what I call it. So I'm going to have Matt stand up. Matt's going to read Romans 8. Uh, we have it on the screens. If you don't have your Bible, we have some Bibles on the table. So feel free to follow along. But I really want you to pay attention to these words. I want you to pay attention to what it's saying, and then we'll talk about it. Go ahead, Matt. It's all you. Therefore, there is now no... A little louder. Therefore, there is now... Turn around. Yeah, face everyone. Yeah, you can stand up there. That's great. Can I speak into your mic? No, that's weird. That, that gets a little weird. All right. And scene. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did not, God, by sending his own son in the likeness of sin, uh, sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind of the controlled man by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is a hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But by the spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of your body. You will live because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. All right, you can stop there. Thank you. Give it up for Matt. Yes. Thank you. As you can see, there's a reason why I didn't read it because that's a mouthful and I'm already going to be speaking a mouthful. So you saved me, but also I just love hearing your voice. So good job. Um, So yeah, Romans 8. There's a lot to be encouraged about in this, in this section. Um, before we go into it, I just want to kind of give us some groundwork. I want us to understand where we stand in Christ. Um, for those of you maybe who just need a reminder um, of just what side of the fence we're on, whether we're living by the flesh or we're living by the spirit. So uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 3. It's not necessary because I will paraphrase and give you kind of the uh, cliff notes. So John chapter 3 Uh, We find Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, um, and this is the faithful conversation he has with a man named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is a very, uh, is a very, um, 
well-known Pharisee. He knows his stuff. He's very religious. He's on top of his Bible. He goes to Sunday service. He puts his dollar in at the donut stand uh, when he wants to take a donut, even though he does, it's not required. He does it anyway. Um, but this guy knows his stuff. This is the guy of guys. This is the most religious you could possibly get. Um, and he just knows his stuff. So Jesus, it's at night, Jesus and him have this conversation. So um, Nicodemus approaches Jesus and he basically says, hey, Jesus, you must be from God. You must be of God. You must be working with God because what we're seeing is kingdom stuff. What we're seeing is miracles that can only be done by God. Um, he, sa- he says that, he's saying that this has to be something of God because otherwise there, there's no other explanation. There's no other possibility. People are getting healed. The blind are seeing. People are raising from the dead. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's work going on. There's things happening. And so Jesus replies to him. He says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So Nicodemus, being a little confused by what that means, didn't really answer his question. Um, in a sense, he, he says, what does that mean to be born again? Am I supposed to like climb up into my mother's womb and be born again? Um, which is a little weird, uh, but you know, it's the Bible. So I'm not going to knock it. That's what the Bible says. So, um, as weird as it is, that's what the Bible says. Uh, so, but he, he basically was like, what am I, I, I don't understand this. Like, this doesn't make sense. What do you mean by that? Um, and so Jesus, um, goes back and he says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. So he's saying, he's like, look, it's not about being born in the womb. It's not being about reborn physically. It's about spiritually being reborn. It's about having a new spirit. It's about give, getting and receiving a new spirit. He, he continues, he says, you should not be surprised at me saying that you must be born again. Um, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So what he's saying is, look, this is a real thing. The Spirit is a real thing. Just like the wind, you can't see it, but you can feel it. It's a force. It moves things. It rocks boats. It moves trees. It moves plants. It blows stuff away. Um, this is a very real thing, even though you don't see it. And he's saying that is the same way with life in the Spirit. Though you don't see it, it is a life-changing power. It's something that is real. It's something that is happening. It's something that is not this hypothetical idea. It's a reality. And, and, and where it goes is where it decides to go. So what he's explaining is that in life in the spirit is those who receive the spirit, they have this life-changing force in them that literally changes their life, that makes them born again, that makes them new creations, that makes them new people, and it leads them wherever it decides to go. Um, so what I'm trying to get you to see here is that this is where we stand, because of Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus in your life at any point in time, you have been born again, okay? I want to make this very clear that that is where you are. Whether you feel it or not, you have been born again in Jesus. That is it. That's you. I want you to be very clear that is where you stand because the rest of the night we're going to be talking in this, with this context and in this context. And if we're going to get excited about it, we have to understand where, we, where we're at. Um, so that's the thing. But I also want to clarify, too, where we came from. So if you go um, to Ephesians chapter 2, the first two verses, I'll just read it really quick. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
So in the first section in John, we heard this talk about the spirit. We talked about the spirit of God, but now we're, ta- we're hearing this other talk of another spirit. Now, how do you think it's the Holy Spirit that he's talking about that promotes disobedience and no, right? So clearly there's another spirit in the game. There's another thing in the ball game. And, and what he's talking about is the spirit of the devil. It's the spirit of sin. It's, it's, it's something that influences us. It's something that we were born under. So what Ephesians is saying, your old life, at one point you were under this. Before Christ, this is what you belong to. You were, you were part of the life of the flesh. You were part of living in your flesh. You were part of th- this sinful lifestyle. And, and this is what you used to be. So, uh, so we have these two spiritual realms. We have life in the spirit and we have life in death and sin. And everybody on this planet is either under one or the other. That's the reality. Now, thankfully for us, we used to be under the bad one. Now we're under the good one. So again, I want us to be very clear because this, what this verse is separating is good and bad. This is saying, this is what the life of the flesh is like. This is what the old life is like. This is what your new life is. Um, so we want to make sure that we're in the right space. We want to make sure that all of us in here, if you are in Christ, you have a new life. You have a life in the spirit. And so because we have a life in the spirit, what that means for us, and this is our first point, is that we have been liberated. We have been liberated. In the first four uh, verses of chapter 8 of Romans, it says, Therefore, again, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives life, has set you free from sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, if you paid attention just there, there is a ton of good news in the fact that there is no more condemnation for us. If you are in the spirit, if you are in Christ, there is no more condemnation for us. Can we get excited about that? That's, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. There is no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus because we have a new life in the spirit. So the new life in the spirit brings freedom from condemnation. And in two ways also. And I think one way we get the most, the second way I think we kind of get a little confused. The first way we're free from condemnation is judicially, okay? What that means is Christ took our place in our deserving of punishment, okay? So if we're sitting in a courtroom, the judge is saying, you're guilty. Jesus comes in and says, he's no longer guilty. I took it for him. God says, so be it. That's done. Judicially, we have been set free. But I think the thing we have trouble with understanding is we still face a lot of condemnation emotionally. I think it's something that we don't realize that we have freedom from. Um, What this means, there is no more condemnation. It means you do not have to walk in condemnation anymore emotionally. When you sin, when you mess up, when you do wrong, when you realize how sick your heart can be, when you come to that realization of the deepest, darkest places of your heart, you no longer have to feel condemned about that. 
Now, some of you may be saying, well, shouldn't I feel bad about my sin? Yes, there's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation or conviction actually spurs you to turn around and to pursue Jesus, spurs you to kind of change your ways where condemnation just makes you sit there and feel bad about it. So there's a difference. And oftentimes, and I've talked with a lot of you with this, is that when we sin, we just beat ourselves up. We just really get down on ourselves. We, we start to see like, oh, I'm just such a wretch. I'm just so, I'm just so bad. I'm like worth nothing. I, like, what am I good for? What can I offer? Like there, there's all this self-pity. There's all this, this destruction and all this um, just beating we put on ourselves. And what this is saying is no longer do you have to sit in that. You see, because Christ came and took it away. So life in the spirit means you no longer have to sit in your condemnation. God is not hung up on your sin. God is not hung up on, on what you're doing wrong. God is hung up on what he saved you from to set you up for something better. God is hung up on taking you to a whole nother place. God is hung up on changing your life. God is hung up on you seeing life and peace and joy. That's what God is about. That's what the spirit does. That's what life in the spirit is. There's no more condemnation. And I want you to believe that if just for tonight, there is no more condemnation for you tonight. If you're sitting here and you're thinking that you do not deserve anything, that you are a bad person, that Jesus doesn't love you, that God is mad at you, that God is angry with you, I want you to just throw that away because that's not true. In the spirit, you have been set free from condemnation. Life in the spirit means life in the spirit. It doesn't mean you just sit there and rot and die. Um, I just want you to understand, like, you've been set free. You have been set free. Somewhere on your notes, I just want you to write this down because this is going to be very pivotal for us as we continue on in our message. But I want you to get this in your head that Christ became what we are so we could become what he is. Christ became what we are. Christ came down in the flesh, took our sin, took our shame, took all of the condemnation that we deserved so that we could become righteous like him. He switched spots. He traded places. And when you have a life in the spirit, you experience that. So knowing that we've been set free, knowing that we have this life in the spirit because of the work of Christ, With this new life, there is a new way of thinking. And that's the second point. There's a new way of thinking. Because like I said, again, oftentimes we condemn ourselves still. Oftentimes we forget. Oftentimes we think we're still in trouble. Oftentimes we think that we're not set free. Oftentimes we think we're still slaves to our sin. But it's what you pursue that will determine that. 
If you're giving into your flesh desires, if you're not really trying to lean into the spirit, if you're not really trying to receive the spirit's power, if you're not really trying to listen, to hear what he has to say, to try to follow what he wants you to do, to experience life in peace. If instead you're just giving into your sinful desires, instead, if you're just living in your flesh, then that's going to lead to death. Verses five to eight, it says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. I want you to hear that. Life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So let me tell you kind of what this is saying. It's saying you can't be both. You can't live in both realms. It's impossible to do. You're either living in the spirit or you're living in the flesh. Now, some again, this isn't just like a general broad spectrum. I really think that this is a day-to-day thing. I think some days we spend time with God. Some days we really do hear from God. And those days we feel really great. And I think that we, we, are, uh, we have kind of been rejuvenated and given life through the spirit. But I think oftentimes too, there are days where we don't. There are days where we just want what we want. There are days where, um, you know, the things that our heart desires, the things that our flesh desires get in the way sometimes. You see, the life of the flesh is the old way of living. It's that Ephesians 2 way of living. We used to be there. But now because of our life in Christ, we have the ability to not be. Like this is saying, like you have kind of a choice. It's like you have an option. You have a way out. Before you had no way out. Before you were just doomed. You were just a slave to your sin. You you didn't know any better. Life was just kind of miserable. Yeah, sure, you had fun at times. But at the end of the day, you probably felt really unfulfilled. And so this is what it's saying. The old way, the old life, the life of the flesh is about us. It's about me. But the life in the spirit is about him and what he wants for us and what he can do through us and what he can do with us. Oftentimes, I think, you know, just culturally, we get so consumed with ourselves. And even in following Jesus, we get consumed with ourselves. Am I doing the right thing? Have, have I been really good with my, with my Bible time? Have I been reading my Bible? How, how am I doing? How am I, how am I living up to God's standard? How am I making it happen? How, how does God see me? How is God pleased? You know, is, is he mad at me? Is he not? You know, I, I think oftentimes too, we even get so caught up with ourselves in the big picture that God doesn't, God's not hung up on it again. He's not mad at you. He's not, he's not anything but pleased if you are in Christ. Anything but pleased. He's not angry at you. He doesn't have this grudge. He doesn't, and this is what, this is what this, this text is saying. It's saying, look, if you think about yourself, you're not going to be able to see God because there, you, you're going to kind of start to paint this picture, right? Oftentimes, um, you know, I, I do this and I've heard some of you in, in our talks with you. Oftentimes we look at sin. Um, we, we look at, uh, we, we look at it as, man, it, this actually might be better. Like, this might be a good thing. How do I know if it's a bad thing if I don't try it? How do I know if it's something that I should be doing if I don't even give it a shot? Maybe just get to enjoy it for once. 
And I think oftentimes in ourselves, in our flesh, we also often kind of false advertise what the sin actually is. And we paint it to be this grand picture of, man, this is going to be so awesome if I just did this. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to give into it. I'm going to run towards it. Um, man, if I lie, I'm going to be so safe, you know, from, from getting in trouble. If I have, if I have sex, it's going to make me feel connected. It's going to make me feel wanted. It's going to make me feel needed. And we paint these grand pictures and we false advertise to ourselves. And it's kind of like this. I have some pictures here, but um, if, if you were a kid, you remember we had toys, right? And they were just explained to us so awesomely, right? You see here in this picture on this box, you have like 10 kids in this swimming pool. When in reality, they open it up, they blow it up, they fill it with water. You got like, you can fit maybe two kids in there. And they don't look really happy. You might have an ounce of fun, like, oh, we're in water and it's inflatable. and might, you know, might repurpose it to do something stupid in. But it's definitely not what that is, right? Go to the next picture. It's, I think it's another water thing, right? Look how awesome that looks on the box. But look how lame it is in real life. She, cannot, she would not be able to slide on that. There's no way. And if she did slide on it, she wouldn't make it into the pool. She'd go right over it. So again, it's, it's, it's not as it seems. And the last one, we see this all the time in our commercials, right? You get that Big Mac, it looks so good. But really, when you get the Big Mac, it looks like that, right? And it's okay, it's still good, right? But that's the same with sin. Sin can still feel good. But at the same time, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. Look at if it wasn't, if it wasn't good and didn't feel good, we wouldn't run to it. Okay, so... Just saying. Um, but look it. I think this is what happens when we, when we do it, when we do this with sin. We kind of paint this grand picture. Our flesh, the enemy tempts us. The enemy even blows it up bigger. We have this idea, man, this is better. This is what's going to get us out of our unhappy lifestyle. This is what's going to get us out of, um, you know, in trouble. This is, what, this is what's going to be fulfilling. This is going to really just be fulfilling. And I can have God too, but this is going to, this is really like, God's good, but this is awesome. Like, this is just really going to, this is really going to set the tone. And this is going to make my life better. I think oftentimes this is what the flesh does and wants to think. And so when we kind of, when this picture becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, all of a sudden God starts to kind of fade in the background. Which is why it's impossible to please God. Because we're so caught up with pleasing ourselves. And that's what the flesh wants. But what this is saying is the, the spirit actually gives you what you need. The spirit actually fulfills. The spirit actually, like it says, gives you life and peace. Now, I don't know about you, but life and peace is appealing. I'm just saying, it, you know, better than death and like heartache, right? And oftentimes... We, we get so caught up in this cycle that we, we just want the flesh, we want the flesh. And this is what it's saying is, this is what the flesh desires. This is what the spirit desires. The flesh desires and ultimately leads to death. Ultimately, you hit a dead end. Ultimately, you end up in a box. You end up chained up and confined. Whereas life in the spirit, you end up free you end up out in an open, endless field of possibilities in life with Jesus. And this is why he's saying, this is why it's so good. This is why it's so important. I get that these things may feel good. I get that these things may be, you know, may, may be right for a moment. But at the end of the day, Jesus is saying, I have way more to give you. I have way more to offer.
the thing is, is though sometimes we do kind of fall into our flesh tendencies, again, we have the option of living in the spirit. We have an opportunity. Not only that, but that is who we are. So life in the spirit, again, going to my third point now, life in the spirit, and with life in the spirit, there is assurance. We have assurance. Verses uh, 9 to, what is that, 11? 9 to 11, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong with Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And the spirit of him who raised raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He raised Christ from the dead. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. So I want you to catch what that's saying. Is you yourself are no longer a part of the realm of the flesh. That is not where you belong anymore. In fact, the spirit itself lives in you. You don't even have to pay attention to the realm of the flesh anymore. Your sins, what you're, what you're not good at, where you fall short, the things that you've done, the mistakes that you made, the sins you're going to make in the future, Christ has covered and you do not need to give it an ounce of attention because Christ gave it all his attention and took it away. And so what he's saying is the spirit wants your attention because the spirit wants to give you life. If you have accepted Jesus into your life, you have been given his spirit. The spirit of God, it says the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I want you to think about a dead body for a minute. Okay, a lifeless body. No possible way this is coming back to life type of deal. It's up, it's alive, it's awake. The same power that literally just said stars and they existed. The same power that literally just said planets, they existed. Is the same power that has been given to you. That is what this text is saying. That is what this is saying. You have a spirit of life giving power dwelling within you. That means there is no more condemnation for you. There is no more death for you because you have been given life. Literal life. In every possible way, shape, or form. That is what's promised to you. That is the hope we have in our life in the spirit. His righteousness dwells in you. It's also saying he's giving life to mortal bodies. How many times... If you're tracking with me, if this has happened to you, right? How many times have you kind of felt down, rough day, uh, rough time in life, rough patch in life, and you just have that one time with God? You just kind of get that jolt, right? You kind of get that kick in the butt where you're just like, man, I am just rejuvenated. If that's you, just raise your hands. Okay, so I want you to see if, if that's not you, if that hasn't happened yet, I want you to be clear, this happens. This is a real thing. Like Jesus said in John 3, the spirit is a real thing. That does work in us. You see, the Spirit gives us life. The Spirit directs us. The Spirit guides us. The Spirit is the one that gives us change. Oftentimes we sit and we're wondering, God, when am I going to get over this sin? God, when am I going to get over this this unrighteousness? When am I going to get over just not measuring up? 
When am I going to get over not being good enough? When am I going to get over not feeling like I'm worthy? When am I not going to, when am I going to get over of not being good enough at anything? And Jesus is saying right now, literally right now, the spirit that is dwelling within you can literally change your life can shape how you think, can change your perspective that you can't get out of it when you really can. God lives and breathes in us. I don't know, that's the coolest thing. I mean, that gets me excited that I have the creator of the universe, literally the most powerful thing that we could ever hope to imagine literally in my imperfect self dwelling within me, empowering me, encouraging me, loving on me, giving me life. And that's what he loves to do. The spirit isn't about killing you. The spirit isn't about making you feel bad because you sinned. The spirit is about saying, look, I died for that. That's covered. When I said it was finished, it's finished. When I said it was done, it's done. There's no if, and, or but, but this sin. No, no, I covered it. You have life, but what about, no, I covered it. It's gone. You've been given a new life. You've been given a new hope. So knowing that, knowing the things that we have access to, knowing the life we have access to, knowing the hope and the encouragement that we have access to, what do we do with it? And verse 12, and uh, verse 12 basically just tells it how it is. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Do you see what that means for us, guys? Again, we are no longer obligated to live according to the flesh. We no longer have to. We no longer have to live in our sin. We no longer have to live in condemnation. We no longer have to live in guilt. We no longer have to live in shame. Shame. We get to live in life. We get to live in peace. We get to live with hope. And that's if we move towards the spirit. It depends on what you're moving to. It depends on what you're running towards. And if you lean into the spirit, which is freely there, it's literally just there waiting for you you will see a change. You will see a change. I'm telling you, you will see a change. It is a real force that is at work in your body. It is a real force that is sanctifying you and changing you from the inside out. It is that same force that gives you that patience that's gonna give you that patience this Thursday when you go see those family members you can't handle. I'm just saying, this this is what it does. It does the impossible because God is a God of the impossible. And the best part about it is, the best part about all this is, he did it because he loves us. He did it because he genuinely cares. Like he's not just like, oh, they need help here, take this. He's like, no, I, I want to set you free. I want to take the focus off of you and I want to put it on me and I want you to see what I can do through your life. I want you to experience things that will literally blow your mind. I want you to be a part of something bigger than just yourself and where you think you don't measure up. 
And that's what the spirit does. The spirit sets you free. The spirit lets you out of the gate instead of being confined in the darkness. I'm going to call the band up. But before we do that, um, in this next time, I I just want to kind of do an activity here. Um, Some of you are in a space where you're just really not feeling God. You maybe feel a little dead inside. Maybe you feel tired. You feel tired of trying to measure up. Maybe you feel tired of trying to control and maintain your sins, kind of control, and you just kind of feel dead inside. Maybe it's so impossible for you to spend time with God because every time you do, your mind is so rattled with so many things. I think tonight, really, God wants to meet us all. God wants to meet us. Whether you're, you're living in the spirit now, whether you're experiencing the spirit now, or whether you have never experienced the spirit, or you just haven't lately, I think God wants to meet us here tonight. I think God wants to speak to us. I think God wants to give us a new sense of hope and a new sense of life. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have you guys stand up. You guys can stand up now. <laughs> but in a moment... If you are just in a place where you want more of the spirit, maybe you don't even know what that looks like. I I just want more of you, God. I want more of this life that you have to offer. I want more of this freedom that you have to offer. I want more of this hope that you can give. Then tonight, I want you during this worship set, just where you are, I just want you to kneel down. And I just want you to ask God. Just ask God, for more. And what's going to happen is as you're kneeling, we have our leaders that are going to be walking around this room and we're just going to be praying with you. We're going to be praying for you. Maybe you don't even know what to pray. You just say, God, speak to me. I'm telling you, if you just open your heart, if you just open your eyes, you're going to see that God is a God who loves you deeply. And when we live In the spirit, we actually take our time to spend time with God and to listen to his truth and to receive our hope. That's when we experience life. On your notes, you have this kind of, I guess, a homework that you can try this week. It may be a little tough. Some of us are busy. But what it says is just take every single day, at some point in your day, spend time with God. But instead of just blurting out all these things that you may think you need or you want, or just let him speak to you. Ask him things. There's questions on there. Things like, God, what do you see in me? What are your hopes for me? What are your dreams for me? Do you know God has dreams for you? Literally, God has dream, big dreams for you. When he looks at the plan of your life, he's like, I'm so stoked when they get to see, experience this. Like, I'm so pumped. That's how God sees you. God's not like, oh man, he's, he's just messing up left and right. I'm going to give him a break for a minute. He needs to go sit on timeout. No, he's saying, look, I got this for you. I'm stoked. I can't wait till you experience it. You see, this is why I'm stoked is because God is stoked about us. So much that he wants to give us life. So when these songs play, I just want you guys to just, if you just want more, Whatever that looks like, just get on your knees and just ask for more. People are going to come around. They're going to pray for you. They want to pray with you. You may hear what they're saying. You may not. Just trust that the spirit is moving. 
because he is. And I really do believe that if you just take a moment, whatever you walked in with, whatever hurts you have, whatever struggles you have, whatever's holding you back, whatever's distracting you, maybe it's finals, maybe whatever it is, just move it away for a minute. Because that's not you. You're not set up for a life in death anymore. You're set up for a life of freedom. A life to live. So I'm going to pray. And let's just see what God does. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God. Man, there's so much hope in you. There's so much freedom in you. There's so much life in you. Jesus, I just pray for open hearts tonight. I pray that they would just be willing to listen what you have to say. God, I pray that you speak exactly what you want to say to them. Lord, I pray that they hear it. I pray you speak into exactly what they need to hear tonight, Jesus. I believe, Lord, that you want them to experience life. You want them to experience freedom, that they have been given a new life, that they no longer have to live under their sin, under the oppression of this black cloud that looms over their heads. They have no longer have to live, live in condemnation. They no longer have to feel like they can't measure up or add up because you have made it so. You have changed it, Lord. Your spirit is the game changer. And they have it in each and every one of them. So God, I just pray that you would just use this time. I pray that tonight, Lord, that you would just bring people to their knees, that they could just experience your heart, that they could just hear what you have to say. Because God, everything you have to say is good. And not only that, but you mean exactly what you say. There's no hypotheticals with you. It's just truth. You tell us that if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. You tell us that when we hear truth, that truth sets us free. And so tonight I pray that we would hear your truth. Jesus, you are so worth it. Spirit, you are so worth it. What you have for us is so much more worth it than the flesh, the things that we desire in our flesh, than the things that we may think we need. Jesus, you know exactly what we need and it is so much greater. Is so much more life-giving. So God, I pray for freedom tonight. I pray for hope tonight. Would you speak to us? We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's worship.